Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. This month has been Taga, month of marvelous help. I have received a lot of testimonies from majority of you. Hopefully, that between now and the next two days, before we get into June, I will still receive that some of your testimony. I remember a particular lady who came to meet me and we were talking, and um, she, 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 she called me concerning something she needed for help and stuff. I said, you, you are the right place. This amount of marvelous help. Give us some few instructions for how to do. And boom, before we know what is going on, she's smiling. And I'm like, that's good. But that's what it means for us to have a marvelous help this very particular season. For you to also, I think for me, I just wanted to share this very particular testimony. It happens within my own family. My own family. I remember I got a call. Uh, when this very particular call came in, it was not a nice call. It was a call of sickness to the point that all of a sudden, uh, what's it called? One of the close people dear to me, I don't want to mention name now, one of the close people dear to me, all of a sudden I get to hear that there is kidney failure. I say, I say, it's <laughs> I say we chew this thing. It's not, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. But one of the things I give God the glory, um, the report literally shows that the kidney, according to the doctor's report, you know, when doctors give you a report, you can't argue with them. I'm like, no, but you can argue in Christ that no. And so when that report came to me, for me, I, I, I really want to share this testimony because it really blessed me. And all of a sudden, and it was even this month, and all of a sudden I remember I spoke to this person, which is my family. Uh, I spoke to her and I said, see, uh, you just need to relax, mom. Just take it easy. This is going to change. One of the grace I know that I carry is the grace to change report. If there is a report that you don't like and you want us to change the report, as long as you are willing to go via the instructions and stuff, we will change the report. And I said, okay, to her, give us few instructions and stuff. In le- literally, my hand is up. My wife bear me witness on this very particular testimony. In less than three weeks, she went back to the hospital. Everything that was on that very particular report turned back to the point that the doctor says there is nothing wrong with that very particular kidney. I stand this morning one more time, I declare anyone this morning under the sound of my voice that the doctor has shot a report to your life i declare this morning using this testimony as an altar of sacrifice that that doctor's report it is torn for your good in the name of jesus i declare that one more time that no matter how deadly the report is i speak concerning that report that report be torn in the name of jesus and so based on that this morning we are going to be looking at our part six of what you call marvelous help our part six of producers of marvelous help i remember we started the first one we look at on the first sunday we look at faith after faith, we look at prayer. From prayer, we look at the word of God. From the word of God, we look at fasting. And from fasting, we look at the will of God. And also currently now in the part six, uh, we are looking now at the final installment of how you can be marvelously helped. One of the things that I've said several times with that number to everyone in Platform Church, that platform as a church, it has an acronyms. 
The P there means prosperity. The L there means love, which means if you're lacking love, you want to enjoy how to find love, you know, I can tell maybe this is the church for you to come. So the L there means love. The A there means alive in Christ. Uh, uh, the T there means transformed. Uh, I think P-L-A-T-F. The F there means formed in the image of God. Uh, P-L-A-T-F-O. Ordained is the O. <laughs> you can imagine you have to see. R then means renewed and M means maturity. Now, these are all the things, the eight pillars that governs us as a church, and that's why you see I preach the way I preach, because that's what God has called me for me to do this very particular season, and by privileged nominations, which means uh, the people who nominated me to do this very particular work is called mercy. Mercy nominated me to do it, and I'm empowered by the grace of God day in day out to make sure that I bring the undiluted truth of God for you just to make sure that you enjoy rest in every area of your life. That includes your finance. That includes your bank account. That includes your health. That includes your mindset and everything that is needed this morning. With that being said, um, let's look at our test this morning. Uh, There's going to be a lot of scriptural reading today. Uh, remember, um, if Mama Po receive it, you see a lot of scriptures. A lot of scriptures is there. The first test we're going to read this morning is the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 15 to 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 15 to 17. The Bible here says, um, it says, and from a child, it said, thou had known the holy scripture. It says, uh, which are able to make the wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. It says, uh, from a child. This is Paul the apostle writing to his spiritual son known as Timothy. He says, from a child, you have known the Holy Scripture, which is able to make you wise. So, which means the Bible carries the wisdom nugget of God. The wisdom on how to be financially prosperous. The wisdom on how to be maritally settled. The wisdom on how to have influence into gatekeepers. The wisdom on how to be able to operate on porters that you do not even have the comprehension to comprehend now. But the wisdom is there. It says, uh, which is able to make you wise unto salvation. It says, through the faith of Jesus. He now says in verse 16, it says, all scriptures are inspiration of God. It is not man that put a scripture there. That's why, for example, when I see people try to edit the Bible, I say, see, leave it as it is. To. Don't go and add your own before you begin to look for person's trouble. Don't leave them. Je, je. It says, all scriptures are given by inspiration of God. It says, and it is profitable for doctrines, which is what we are going to be looking into, the doctrinal side. It says, for reproof, which means if you are going somewhere and I need to talk to you using the Bible, I will use the Bible to correct you. Oh, yes, there are some of you who know me. I use the Bible to, I use the Bible as my, my shambok. It says, for correction, which means if you've done something wrong and I need to correct you, I'll correct you. It says also for instructions, it says, but all must be in righteousness. Which means I must be able to show you the Christ which is on your inside. And to let you see what Christ cannot do or what Christ can do. He now says verse 17. He says that the man of God. He's not talking about Pastor Darlington. He's talking about you and I. That the man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished into all good works. That the man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished into all good works. And so when we talk about the concept of doctrines. This is the ability for you to understand because it talks, there are four things that it says in verse 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. Four things. It talks about doctrine, it talks about reproof, it talks about correction, and it talks about instruction. So what do we talk about doctrine? You guys will have to run with me today because I must finish what I want to finish this morning. Doctrine, what is doctrine? It's your ability to understand God. 
in the light of Christ. Ability to understand God in the light of Christ. So which means anywhere you are confused, I keep saying this and I'll keep saying it up to rapture take place. The day you find me preaching a message that is not Christ-centered, don't need to phone me, go away. They just know that I've already subscribed to another altar. The ability to understand God. No matter what I'm going to bring, if Christ is not part of it, guy, fly, fly for your life. Run. Run. He talks about number two. He talks about reproof. What is reproof? The ability to rebuke and tell you like it is in Christ. To reprove you. So if I'm going to say some certain things that you don't like, just know that as long as it's in the scripture, accept it. Like Nigeria will say, wear the shoe if it fits you. Shoe gets size. Make sure you stay on your own size. That's how life is. So it talks about correction. What is correction then? To guide you and to correct you. To make amend in the things of God. For some of you, today's service is going to be an ability to make amend. For some of you, it's going to be ability for you to start that very particular thing. And in verse 4, I mean number 4, it talks about instructions. Which is the law that guarantees your all-round rest. The loss that guarantees your all-round rest. And so based on that, the book of Psalm chapter 34 verse 10. Psalm chapter 34 verse 10. It says here. It says, the young lion do grow weak and hungry. He said, but those that seek the Lord. It says, will never lack no good things. The young lions will lack. The young lions will beg. Say, but those who seek the Lord. I have said this several times without number, and I'm still going to say it again. In this kingdom where you and I are, your certificate does not matter. Your background does not matter. The village where you come from does not matter. If only you can apply kingdom principle, your disadvantage in this kingdom can become your advantage. Your disadvantage in this kingdom can become your advantage. And it says there, the young lion do lack and hungry. Say, but those that seek the Lord, it says, we never lack any good thing seeing god makes you seek i mean seeking god and when he says those are seek the lord he says seeking god here makes you seekable in the affairs of life seeking god make you seekable seeking god make you seekable in this very particular work there are prominent people that god has brought in my space trust me i have not met them when i was not seeking god the way i seek god so, just because you are seeking God does not mean that the enjoyment of life is going to go down. Never. It ain't happening. That's why your church is called platform. It's not happening that way. Just because you are a Christian does not mean that your life must be boring. No. It doesn't mean that way. You can be a Christian at the same time also still drive your Bentley. You can be a Christian at the same time also still speak in tongues. You can be a Christian at the same time also still be able to route the kingdom possibility. And at the same time also chill with the big boys and do business with them. Because why? We've seen throughout the scripture that Jesus, just because he's the prototype of God himself, does not make him less of anything. He operated with the mind of God to the point that the far to see and the sad to see, they were all there doing business and negotiating with him. I pray for somebody this morning at the sound of my voice. That as we begin to unveil this mystery that we're about to look this morning, you will be able to bump your rest in the name of Jesus. It also says in the book of Psalm chapter 119 verse 97. Psalm 119 verse 97. It says, here, it says Oh, I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Um, David was saying that the, your law is what I meditate 
Your law is what gives me. Today we are going to be looking at a law that has to do with the prosperity of you. I meditate on your law. And it is your law that guarantees me to enjoy life the way I want to. In the book of Psalm chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 3. Psalm chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 3. I'm still giving the background test this morning. Before I get down into the real business of the day. It says, blessed is the man. I'm reading from the NIV translation. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the step of the wicked. Nor stand in the ways of the sinner. Nor take a seat in the company of mockers. <laughs> it says, but those who delight in the law of the Lord. You must be able to delight in the law of the Lord. It says, and as you delight in it, you meditate on it day and night. He says, then, I said, that kind of person will be like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yield its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither. And he says, whatever the person do must blow. That is me just giving my own interpretation. Whatever the person do, but there is a condition. You must be able to take delight in the law of the Lord. You must be able to take delight in the law. Of the Lord, and so with that being said, this morning we are going to be looking at a concept of the title subtitle of marvelous help. Today we are going to be looking at a subtitle concept, which is called the kingdom economy. The kingdom economy. For some of you, you know me too well. You can also name it. Um, you want to put a subtitle onto your your this thing. It's marvelous help part six. Subtitle kingdom economy. For some of you, you want to call it the seeding economy. The seeding economy. The seeding economy. It is very important for you to understand that. It's going to be the seeding economy. Also, let's look at Jesus. And um, the Bible says in the book of 1 John chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 5. 1 John chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 5. It says, I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, that which was from the beginning which we've heard. Now this was John himself was making us to understand. He said, that which was from the beginning which we heard. He says, which we have seen with our eyes. He says, which we have looked upon and our hand has handled the word of life. Which means this work we are talking about, the things that we have handled. He said, for, for the life was manifested and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was the father, which was with the father and was manifested unto us. In verse 3, now say is um, that which he said that which have been seen and heard declare unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship um, and truly our fellowship with us with the Father and with the Son Jesus Christ. Verse 4. He says, And these things write unto you that your joy may be full. These things will write unto you. John was saying, These things will write unto you. That your joy may be full. He now says in verse 5. He said this then is the message which we have heard of him. That declare unto you. That God is light. He says God is light. In him. He says that there is no darkness. When we begin to look at this kingdom economy. We begin to look at the seeding economy. He says God is light. In him there is no darkness. Which means when you bump this kingdom economy. Light begins to break forth and it begins to pull. We also get to see in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Yeah, Paul Luke was writing to a man called Theophilus. He says, I write, O Theophilus, 
about the things Jesus began to do and to teach. Which means what I am going to say to you, Jesus do those things and as he do those things, he also teach of those things. So which means Jesus is not a teacher alone. He is a doer. He is not a teacher alone. He is a doer. It says in Romans chapter 3 verse 4. Don't worry, today is a lot of scripture because I want you to be able to get the doctrines. I want you to be able to get these things. Romans chapter 3 verse 4. It says, God forbid, you say, yeah, let God be true and every man be lie. For it is written, you say, thou, mind, thou mightiest be justified the same and mightiest overcome when thou art judged. It says, God be true and every man be a liar. God be true. And every man be a liar. With that being said, this very particular morning, I want to fast down for me to go into my core scripture of this very particular morning. And so I'm going to be looking, what is my core scripture? As we begin to look at some point that guarantees us enjoying this very particular kingdom economy and how for us to be able to appropriate all the secret that is in it to be able to get all the results that we need to get this very particular morning. And so, final scripture, I think let me just read the scripture. Thank you very much. Psalm chapter 89, verse 34. It says, My covenant will I not break, nor utter the things which have gone out of my mouth. My covenant will I not break, nor utter the things which have gone out from my mouth. My dear sisters and brothers, this morning, as we begin to look at some of these very particular kingdom strategies that guarantees you your financial rest, I want you to understand that scene. When God has committed such responsibility to us as man of God, I promise you, this, I think this is the first time I'm going to be preaching about kingdom strategies and kingdom economy online. Um, I, the reason why I don't preach that is because um, there is a lot of fallacies that has been out there. And today it's going to be a bit of recorrecting some of those fallacies as an apostle. My job is for me to bring in the, the teachings of Christ in its simplicity and to help you remove the veil that has been holding you bound. And so I remember I skip this, this, keep this thing, and the Holy Spirit keep tormenting me. And um, part of the things I've got to understand that are some of us this moment that we need to be able to enjoy the kingdom system that guarantees you to blow in your bank account, that guarantees you to blow in the work that you do. It has to come on the platform of kingdom strategy. And so with that being said, um, Mamupu, now you need to jot down with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 22 from verse 10. We are jumping some scripture to go to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 10. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 10. From the Passion Translation. Proverbs 22, verse 10. From the Passion Translation. It says, it says, say goodbye to a troublemaker. And you say goodbye to a quarrel, strife, tension. You see the scripture I'm reading, Proverbs 22, verse 10. Is it what I ask you to give me? I think, or maybe I made my own mistake by calling scripture that is not needed. Proverbs 22, 10. Okay, I think the one you gave me was not the one I needed. Proverbs 22, verse 10 from the Passion Translation. Proverbs 22, 10 for the Passion Translation here. It says, which is my core scripture, it said, true enrichment comes from the blessings of the Lord. It says, with rest and contentment in knowing all. You say, in knowing all that comes from him. True enrichment. True enrichment. It says, come from the blessings of the Lord. It says, with rest and contentment. So, which means this kind of talk we want to talk today is the one that comes with rest, not with stress. With the one that comes with rest. It says, and knowing that it all comes 
from him alone. And so one of the things in which I put us begin to look at four cardinal, I want you to write down four cardinal points for us to be marvelously helped financially. Four cardinal points, and we are looking at it from the spiritual standpoint. Four cardinal points for us to be marvelously helped financially. I don't care how much your spiritual, in, your spiritual inclination can be. You may pray and fast, bind the devil. You may lay hand on the sick and they recover. But if your bank account is poor, oh boy, watch, the, watch your unbeliever landlord tell you to leave the house or stress you not to pray. Because why? He has a weapon in his hand called the money. See, money is not evil. It is in the hand of the person that makes it evil. A drug dealer will hold the money. It is drug money. Bring that money into... I'm trying to use one of my beloved family of rest. Bring that money into Sibungile's hand, for instance. That money becomes kingdom expansion money. Bring that money into Kanisa's hand. That money becomes establishing her and also influencing the media for Christ. Because why? Money operates at the state of the person. Money, it operates at the state of the person. If the man is criminal, the money will be a criminal. If the man is a higher killer, the money is a higher killer. Bring that money to church. You will notice that we can expand church properly. He now says here, he says, true enrichment, it comes from the blessings of the Lord. He says, with rest and contentment in knowing that all things comes from him. As we begin to look at some of these very particular mysteries, for some of you, you know it all. I'm just going to be putting emphasis and also just to change your mind for you to begin to see this very particular truth. See, this is me when I say this. You guys have also, you've heard me say it several times with that number. If, if you all will say, ah, what's it called? You all will say from the Old Testament, you receive all that thou shalt be blessed. You must also be ready to receive the instructions that guarantees the blessing. One of the things that I've known with people, everybody wants the blessings of Abraham, but nobody wants the instructions that governs the blessings of Abraham. We all want the blessings of Abraham, but we forget to understand that there are instructions that guarantees that very particular blessings. And so based on that, I want you to note this. That the spiritual law of wealth and abundance is responsible for the financial resources in your life. I want to write it down. The spiritual law for wealth and abundance is responsible for the arrival. So which means we are going to look at what are the spiritual law that is responsible for the arrival of financial resources. Financial resources doesn't really mean money also. Favor is financial resources. Influence is financial resources. Getting burden bearers to carry your pain with you is financial resources. Getting men to connect you to your destiny helpers is financial resources. So the spiritual law of wealth and abundance, these are responsible for financial resources in your life. But the physical law of wealth and abundance is responsible for the management and multiplication of that resources. Management and multiplication what powers that is the physical law of wealth and abundance. And so with that being said, four cardinal points that guarantees for us to be able to enjoy all-round marvelous help when it comes to your bank accounts. I'm going to say that because on the first Sunday, I was very spiritual. We talk about faith. On the second Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, I think we talk about faith, we talk about prayer, we talk about fasting. So for those of you today, your first time of joining us this morning, I want to apologize to you. You are coming on the day where we are preaching about money. <laughs> Before you now join this pastor, say, ah, this pastor is one of those prosperity preachers. Yes, so I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not a poverty preacher. Never. 
I'm a prosperity preacher. How do I know? The Bible says the street of heaven is made of gold. So if it's made of gold, the gold that heavens walk upon, that's what you are wearing. And that's how his street is made upon. And so please and please, don't let anybody cause you problem because today we are going to be removing mindset. Arranging back your, your, your thinking capacity to be able to pull all the results that God has for you. Four cardinal points. Number one, what is number one cardinal point? It's titan and your first fruit. Titan and your first fruit. Now, these are commandments. This is a commandment. It's an inescapable covenant obligation. You cannot escape this very particular one. If you have to enjoy the concept of operating in the blessings of God for you to be marvelously helped, either in your business, either in your ideas, either in wisdom, you must be able to practice this obligation called titan and first fruit. You must be able. Let's look at the Bible, the book of Leviticus chapter 27 verse 13. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 13. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 13. Leviticus 27 verse 13. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 13. It says here, I'm on the part one, Mamunpo. I mean part one, if you have your note there, you could see the part one. Part one, Leviticus 2013. It says here, it says, and all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the, or the fruit of the tree, it says, is the Lord and it is holy unto the Lord. It says, and all the tithe of the land. And all the tithe of the land. Now, let me say this. Titan is an ordinance. It is a non-negotiable. It is non-negotiable. But the reason why people like my kind, I am, for lack of better word, I hardly talk about it. If you notice, for those of you who started joining us online, I hardly talk about Titan or probably put an emphasis like I'm going to put an emphasis today because a lot of people has abused this very particular thing to the point that people are angry when pastors talk about Titan. Because why? A lot of people have seen how, number one, pastors do not know how to manage this very particular thing called Titan. I remember a, a young man once asked, I think I was at a birthday party. I don't want to mention the person's birthday party, otherwise some of you who are currently streaming will know. I was at a birthday party last week Sunday. And this man asked, um, I think this very particular comedian was, 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 he was giving his comedy joke and stuff. And I think he says he was flying from Durban to Joburg, or from Joburg to Durban, if I'm not mistaken. He said, all of a sudden, the pilot in the air now says that, that the plane is about to take a pause in the air for one minute and stuff. And so he was afraid. <laughs> like, that man was very funny. He was afraid and stuff. And so while he, was, while he was saying that very particular joke, we are all laughing. So one man in the crowd, pa, a pastor, said, let me just say that he helps you. A pastor from the crowd. He said, the reason why you are afraid is because you are not tightened. Yo! Even me hear that statement, it shrink me. I'm like, no, no. See, just because I'm afraid does not mean that I have the spirit of fear. Being afraid is also part of God's conduit on how to manage some certain step that you want to take. If God wants you to take some certain step and you don't have peace in your mind, my dad has been afraid. You have to honor that very particular unsettlement in your spirit. Many of us, we like throwing words that we have no understanding. And because of that, the church now, when we talk about tithing and offerings or whatever giving we're going to be looking into, there's, ah, these pastors are here again to take our money. These pastors are here because why? Number one, the reason why many people don't want to give or the reason why many people have an issue is because the way men of God has drummed these things and they have drummed it in the wrong way. 
And so today for me, my job is to drum it in the right way. Give you all the doctrines and the ordinances, the instructions. And let the Holy Spirit do his job in your life. I never can tell when I'll preach this message again. Next time. Never. I can't tell. That most of you who are in this very particular church, you can tell me you can talk that point blank. Many of you, if not all of you, I don't call you for your tithe. There is no need. I don't. See, I've been in church. Let me say this so that it can help you. I've been in church where the pastor of that very particular church, every month without fail, he hasn't paid me my salary, but yet he's asking me of my tithe. I say, you, how do you pay tithe of salary I've not collected? I even got to a particular point, if not because of revelations and insight, I, I, I just got angry. I'm like, okay, this is a very particular thing about Titan. I think I'm not interested again. Because why? Men, the way men of God has drawn, we've drawn it from the standpoint of greed. Greed, greed. We've not allowed the people to receive of this very particular truth. Number two, how a lot of people are having issues with this Titan stuff is because of the extravagant life that doesn't communicate what they know. The extravagant life. You see a lot of pastors. Let me, let me face ourselves because your tithe comes to us. You see a lot of pastors live extravagant life. And you wonder, but this tithe was supposed... I'm going to give you the example of what this tithe is supposed to be used for. Like the comedian I was talking about. He asked the man who was talking about, what do you know tithe is for? And we're going to see what tithe is for this morning. So that you understand. And you're going to see the benefit when you give your tithe. The benefit is there. It's the extravagant life that many of us have lived. And people will be like, oh boy, Why? Number three, why is everybody, many people having an issue with tithe? It's because there is no integrity when it comes to the jurisdictions of this tithe. And so according to the law, tithe was supposed to be for priesthood management and for the building of the house of the Lord. In case you want to know what is a tithe for, tithe is for priesthood management and the building of the house of the Lord. For those of you, for instance, now who are giving to Platform Church or who are titers of Platform Church, there are stuff that we're doing behind the scene. Every, this is me, I've said it, I'm still going to say it again. If you're a titer in this very particular commission, genuine titer, you have the right to ask me, Pastor, how do we, how is the finance going of the church and stuff? And I promise you I'll be able to bring the finance of the church for you. But if you're not a titer, forget you, have, you have no business in me giving you that information. There's no business. How do we know? Numbers chapter 18, verse 21. Numbers chapter 18, verse 21. Numbers 18, verse 21. It says here, it says, And behold, I have given the children of Levite all the tent in Israel. The children of Levite here is talking about the priests, talking about the pastor, talking about the five-foot ministers. It says, For an inheritance. It says, For their service which they serve. So your titan is for us to use it to serve you. To serve. For example, let me use Platform Church as an instance. The streaming we're using, our money goes to it. There are some of you, you know all the bills we pay in this very particular commission. There are guys we pay, the IT guys we pay, the graphic designers we pay, uh, what you called the, 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 the online platforms uh, that we currently use and stuff. All your tight goes into that. They all go into that very particular thing. It says here, yeah, for the service which they serve, and even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, this is what your tight do. So when people ask what is the tithe for and stuff, give them eight, Numbers 18, 21. Because why? It says, now this is God says, and behold, I have given the children. So if God says he has given the children of Levite, which means at first he received it. So your tithe is first received of God. Your tithe is first received of him. It says, I have given. If God, see, 
I cannot collect your tithe. The moment you wait, that month end comes or that increase in salary comes and you're giving your first food or your tithe or whatever the thing is, that very particular moment you are going and you are transferring to the platform church account, immediately God received it. And I'm going to show you from the scripture right now. God received it immediately. How beautiful for you to know that your tithe is the one that has been received from God. And after he received it, he now tells us, do this, do this. Do. Let me even add this to, to your tithe. That's why you see for people like our kind, I hardly come out and tell you, okay, fine, I'm what you call, there's this project we need to do, bring this very particular, I hardly, except if I'm instructed by God to do so. But the primary aim of the tithe, according to Numbers chapter 18, verse 21, is to run all the events of the church. So instead of me putting burdens on you guys, every event that comes, I have to call you guys and stuff. And some of you, the moment you see my phone call, you're like, oh, Jesus, another money again. I don't want you to have that kind, of, that kind of understanding about me. I don't. I don't. And so based on that, tithe is not about money. It is about the law of open heaven. It is not about money. It is the law of open heaven. When you engage in your titan, you are opening the heaven. And let's look at the book of Malachi chapter 3 from verse 8 to verse 12. From the New King James Version. Malachi 3 from verse 8 to verse 12. The Bible says here. The Bible says here, Malachi 3. It says, do not rob God. It says, will a man rob God? He says, yet ye have robbed me. He says, but you say, in what way have you robbed you? And God is saying, you have robbed me in tithes and in offerings. He says, you are cursed with a cause for you have robbed me. He says, even this whole nation. He now says in verse 10. So which means for those of you who avoid giving your tithes and your offering, this is the scripture here. He says, you robbed God. Me. That's why I will never hear me. Because I want you to enjoy Christ. My business is the Christ in you. Be made manifest to the fullness of the Christ on your inside. So that you can be able to manifest Christ. I will not call you to use finances to deprive you of a relationship with God. No. I will not. The day you hear me call you to distort, to discord tight offering. Blah, blah, all this very particular thing. Nah. I think if I'm not mistaken, if, I'm, if, I, if I have to think in my head, maybe it's one person. I use the word one. And that one, God self. I'm still trying to think if, if, if I did that. Maybe in my whole years of being active in ministry, maybe it's one person. And it's not even about tithe. I promise you, I don't. I don't. Because I want you to enjoy God. When you can see the Christ on your inside, you can be able to take pleasure in the things that matters to him. He now says in verse 10, let's look at it. Verse 10, he says, bring you all the tithe into the storehouse. I'll explain what storehouse means a few minutes ago. He said that there may be enough food in my house. I'll explain what the food is. He says that try me now this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will be not enough room for you to receive it. He now says also, he says, and I would rebuke the devourer for your sake. He says so that he will not destroy the fruit of your land. Nor shall the vine fail to bear its fruit in the field. Says the Lord of hosts. He says, and all the nations will call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome person. Says the Lord. Now before we go into, because I want to give you seven prophetic blessings that follows a title. Seven. But before we talk about the seven prophetic blessings, let's look about the concept, what it means. When it says, bring ye the tithe into my storehouse. Because, see, this morning we are doing doctrines. We are doing doctrines. We are doing doctrines. He said, bring the tithe into my storehouse so that you understand. What does it mean when you say storehouse? The storehouse there, it means things that are stored up for the people. 
the storehouse there is things that are stored up for the people so which means if there is nothing that for example if there is nothing platform is giving to you you have no business hear me you have no business participating in titan platform no business i have to use platform church because many people who are streaming this morning you may not be in platform church but let me use the church as an example if there is nothing that you are benefiting from platform church not if there is nothing stored there is no word there is no doctrine there is no correction there is no reproof there is no christ consciousness that are impact on you guys daily there is no prayer and stuff you have nothing you have no responsibility he says bring your tight into this storehouse which means the house has already stored stuff now which means there are three things that guarantees man to become that guarantees for a storehouse three things that guarantees for a storehouse number one a primary place of nourishment because these are the things that guarantees if you have to bring your tithe here a primary place of nourishment is platform church your primary place of nourishment if not so then good wherever you are receiving your nourishment that's where you pay your tithe to wherever that the blessing is coming to you that's where you receive your tithe to i mean that's the kind of place that receive your tithe i've seen people several times that number will come and meet me pastor um this very particular breakthrough happens to me and stuff. I love platform church and all those things, but I'm still committed in my church. See, I've said them to them several times. Me, I've told them. Then in that case, let your tithe be in that very particular place and not platform church. And I think I remember I was telling one, one, one apostle friend of mine, was laughing. So man of God, I don't understand you. I said, see, if I do that, that's me robbing them. They're not going to get blessed. If you know, for example, I'm going to create a church name. Let me use the one that I know I can be safe so that if the person wants to come, we can talk. If you know that your church is house of treasure and that's where you are receiving your primary spiritual nourishment tied to house of treasure, you have no business tied into platform church. Storehouse means your primary place of nourishment. Number two, what a storehouse means is any ministry that is committed to salvation of the soul and transformation of life. Any ministry, any ministry that is committed to salvation of soul and transformation of life, if you see your life being transformed, that place is your place where you drop your tithe. Number three, what's it called? Storehouse can also mean an individual or a minister who is committed to saving soul or transforming life. So which means it can either be a ministry or it can be an individual. For example, with us as Platform Church, it's a church, it's a ministry. Even me, your pastor, I'm going to tell I pay my tithe. My wife pays her tithe. The church, you see, pays his own tithe. Because why? There is a place the church is drawing from. We have a place that we have a covenant partnership that will draw everything that you see. And so based on that, when your tithe comes in, the church also tithe. So I tithe. My wife tight, the church tight. Hmm. Now he now says also, what does it mean when we talk about the food? He says that there be food in my house. There may be food in my house. What does it mean? It means that number one is sustaining ability and power. The food in my house is sustaining ability and power. So which means when you bring your tithe, it brings food in the house. What's the food? The food is a sustaining ability and power. Indirectly, the money you bring in help us to be able to sustain the dealings we do in church. Haven't you noticed that most church that closes, let's be honest, let's look at what happened during COVID. Most church that closes during COVID and stuff is because of lack of finances. Honestly, 
I'm telling you now from pastors. They may not tell you, but I'm telling you from pastors. It's not because God hasn't to close the church. I, be I bet you. Lack of finances. And it's quite strange about it is in COVID, God, 2020. That's when God says start church. I said, God, what kind of instruction is that? Ah, 2020, start church, COVID. Have a. But we bless the name of the Lord. He has always, because why? I don't go where he didn't send me. Because I don't want to sponsor the job that, I, that will kill me. If he called me, he will sponsor your thing. So which means it's a sustaining ability and power. The tight is what helps us to pay the bills. It was help us pay the insurance. It was help us pay salaries. It was help us be able to repair what has what what is faulty and stuff. That there may be food in my stores. Number two, what does the food mean there? It means nourishment. Nourishment, which means physical food for the people who are less privileged. Physical food for the people who are less privileged. And when I mean less privileged, I'm not saying that that you are poor. Mm -mm. Less privilege means that at that very particular moment, things are wrong. Things are not going the way it needs to go to. If you are a tighter of that commission, we are guaranteed to help you. We are. Let me say this, and there are some of you who bear witness to that. If you are a tighter, consistent tighter in this very particular commission, our job is to insist that your finances does not go down. Number one. And number two, if you find yourself in a financial crisis, our job as pastors and as platform is to make sure that we come help you mitigate, to make sure that that moment when you are going through crisis, we find a way of helping you. How can we do that if the tithe is not there? You know, it's very funny when I was preparing this very particular service and I'm laughing in my mind. I'm like, let me give this, this, this is the analogy the Holy Spirit painted in me. As your 15% tax is important to government, that is how your 10% tithe is important to the dealings of the kingdom. As your 15% tax. Do you notice that even government doesn't even trust you with it? <laughs> I just have to laugh that way. Government does not trust you with the tax. They know that you will not give them. And so because of that, they will not risk it. As the salary is coming, check it. They've removed their tax. 15% gone. Some of you is even 45%. I know somebody that their tax, their tax is 45 I say, ah, ah, that's, that's wickedness. You need to be angry if government did not repair the road. You need to. The same thing also applies to the church. When you know you are consistent tighter, you are and things are not going the way you're supposed to see it to go in the church, be quick to come and sit with me, your pastor. Pastor Hafa, I promise you, if I can find your record that you are consistent, you have the right to ask me, man of God, Hafa, now, what's going on? The other day, we dropped one million rand into the account, and um, we are still hearing that we are still looking for land. How come? <laughs> How come? You have right to ask me that question. You have right. It talks about physical food for people. Physical food. And number three, what does food mean? It means the ability to stop the priest from looking into Egypt for corn. To stop the priest. You see, it's, it's very funny where um, people, and hear me, I'm, I'm going to say this one, and I'm going to say it with, with caution, because I don't believe in extravagant life. I don't. I don't believe. My wife will let you know point blank. I'm the most simplest person you can ever think of. Nothing shrink me. As much as I like my Porsche Cayenne Coupe Hybrid 2.2, I'm not killing myself to go and get it. No. If Now, let me say this. If Umpo, Sibongile, my wife, and all of you here will not buy me the Porsche Cayenne Hybrid 2.2, if the money in Platform Church account is exactly that money for Porsche Cayenne Hybrid 2.2, I ain't buying it. Never. That is not for the purpose. 
the purpose of that money is not for post Kayan to I was saying to my wife the other day, I said, there's a certain strategies we're beginning to employ. I said, let me also begin to, at this very particular moment, arrange my post Kayan so that in case if Sibongile, in case if my wife, obviously I want my wife to be rich to the point that she will tap her car to buy me a post Kayan. Or in case even Paul wake up one morning and say, man of God, come outside. And you know how you guys blind your pastors? I remember my guys, your pastor, you are blinding his eye. What's your problem? And you blind my eye, you, wake, you show me and I see the thing. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, let me not go ahead of my message. I will tell you what, how we pastor pray for you. <laughs> I will tell you. There's a way we pray. Hey, hey, we pray there's a way. That prayer doesn't come out. <laughs> it's a hard one. Where you, I just look you. And I just say, go and sleep. Because why? It stops the pastor. Or it stops the people, the men of God from looking into Egypt. See, some of these, apart from the greedy ones, some of these pastors that you see that are that are doing drugs, 419, blah, 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 name all those gra-gra. It's because of financial deprivation in the church. So before you castigate, I'm saying this now with inverted comma, before you castigate any pastor, check, check, check. With that being said, let's quickly look. From the scripture we've just read right now, what are the seven prophetic blessings that follows a title? Seven prophetic blessings that follows a title. Seven prophetic blessings that follows a title. Number one, the windows of heaven are open for you. What does the windows of heaven mean? Because this is where a lot of people miss it, and my job for me is to help you. The windows of heaven means light and illumination. It means light and illumination. You get clarity to the dealings of your life. Light and illumination. Number two, he says it will pour out a blessing. Pour out a blessing. Which means that blessing there, it talks. The blessing is not financial. Finances is part of it, but that's not the core commodity. The blessing there that is going to pour out is what we call concept, insight, and ideas. Concept, insight, and ideas. He now says, I will rebuke devourer for your sake. What does it mean? This is a waster that comes to bring all kinds of waste in your life. All kinds. There are some of you, you know that month end comes in. All of a sudden, before your, even your account, before Monday reach, bah, everything has come. I remember somebody, I don't want to mention the name, we were talking, and he was making me to understand the man of God. The reason why things is going, when the money, I'm, I'm not able to pay my tithe is because by the time the money comes in, all of a sudden, this, this, and this happened. I said, okay, let's do this. So he's asking me, what do we do? I said, let's do this. When the alert comes, do you want to be, do you want to practice tight? He said, yes. It's okay. Then that's good. When the alert come, this is what you do. Put a programming on that very particular, that as the money is flying from wherever the person that is paying you into your account, as all the spirit is removing their money, let also the Holy Spirit remove his own tight. And guess what? When he now did that very particular system of tightening from his own personal account, all of a sudden he just discovered that literally in less than two months, he begins to earn what he wasn't expecting. Hey, I don't want to talk much about this thing. He begins to earn what he wasn't expecting. And all of a sudden, a guy who knew that before on the 5th, he's sitting at my nose. All of a sudden, he's looking at his account on the 28th. He's wondering, is that 3,000 in my account? What is he doing there? And that is how the money, he rebuked devourer. Anything that want to waste, all of a sudden banks begin to call him and you know there's this very particular credit, you've paid it, finished, we owe you this, and they begin to return money to him. He was wondering. So <laughs> he, he called me and he was, he was crying and laughing all together. He rebuked the vara. Number four, what does he do? What does your tithe do? He makes sure that your fruit 
of the ground is not destroyed. He says he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. When I mean destroy the fruit of your ground, it doesn't mean that God is going to take your job. No. As far as prosperity and advancement is guaranteed in Christ, he can't trust you with that. He cannot. There are some of you, you are tightened his commission. I've seen what God wants to route with you. I, I, I am so rested. I know that platform is not going to lack money. I know. I know. I know. Because I've seen your commitment. I know without any doubt that there is no way you won't blow. Because I've seen your consistency. Even when it is rough. God first, every other thing. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God. Which means before anything must happen to my money, God first. God first. There is a very particular mystery that we're doing. It's just the fact that I hardly pray. My wife keeps saying, Dave, why don't you want to talk about this very particular? Hey, money and people. You. <laughs> but I'm going to talk about it very soon and stuff. I think it's, um, it, 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 I'm trying to open my drawer here to bring that very particular stuff out. Um, just ask me more. Let me talk about this that you see in my hand. I'll explain it more. I'll explain this more in your hand and stuff so that we'll be able to talk about it properly. Now, what is it, does it do? Number five, your vine cannot cast its young before its time, which means your tithe guarantees that there is no abortions. When you want to do a particular thing, you want to get into a business, you want to do something, your tithe guarantees that abortion is not, is not permitted. And if at all the thing comes in, you see this very particular thing I hold in my hand? Ah, it's a mystery. We'll talk more about it later on. You will carry this thing and drop it on the altar and say, God, this is my record of my standpoint. I have been, and what is this that is happening? And what God routed back. I said, ah, I didn't see that this is what is happening. Many, many of us don't understand this kingdom mystery. That's why we are still sitting where we are. I remember um, there was a particular point, something happened with my wife. And all of a sudden, let me, because she's there, you can ask her. She's there on Facebook and Instagram, you can ask her. Something happened with the finance and stuff, and she came to meet me and said, but babe, I pay tight now. What the hell is going on? You see, what I like about my wife, she, there is a place she knows this is the husband, and there is a place she also takes the profit of me. So she separated two. That is when God gives your wife, they know how to separate the two. So that day she came, as a, she came to meet her pastor, not her husband. And I sat down and looked at her and said, God, no way. There must be a way out. And I sat down, agree with her, we talk on some certain things, and go, guess what? That same month, where she didn't know money was, they called that. There is a money that is. <laughs> My dear, your tithe goes a long way. It goes. She's there. You can inbox her. So they don't say the pastor is lying. You can inbox her. She will tell you. Number six. What does your tithe do? It says there, it says, and all the nations shall call you blessed. Which means your name spreading abroad. You know, when we talk about chilling with the big boys and doing business with them, this is where it comes. And number seven, what happened? Is the fact that you are now become a delightsome son in the land. You are delightful. God can trust you. God knows if I give you Sibungile two billion rand, you won't go to what you call you won't go to did I call two billion rand? No, for you it's dollars. So two billion dollars. You won't go to Dubai and go and sit down there and all of a sudden begin to do what is the name of that dance that you guys like dancing? Legge, is it legge legge or something like that? Is this new dance called legge legge? Yeah, that one. You know, you know the dance. You won't do that because why? You are now his delighted person. He can trust you. You shall become a delightsome land. People just look at you, just begin to give you money because God will be like, this one, if I give this one $2 billion, he won't just begin to go to Dubai and go and chill. He will remember that that is my work in my church. But as we begin to go, in the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 42, I want you to see that even Jesus himself talked about tight because I've seen people tell me that, ah, all these two guys preach. Jesus talk about it and go, let's look at it. It's in your Bible. 
Luke chapter, Luke chapter 11, verse 42 from the NLT. It says here, it says, What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees? It says, For you are careful to tight even the tintest income of your house garden. It says, But you ignore the justice of the Lord. It says, it says You should tight, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Luke chapter 11, verse 42. Jesus say it because a lot of people now begin to say that no, but Jesus didn't talk about tithe. Calm down, read your Bible, it's there. The problem is that they're just lazy. Your, your money is now bigger than you. Now, I think I've preached it one time. If anything that is anything that is bigger than God, if you can't let it go, indeed it's bigger than God. As long as you can't let it go, it's big. My wife knows me. That is I told her point, like I said, the only thing, just make sure that um, the children. Let the children always be with you. If God tell me, give Ella, Michaela, and Ephraim out. Say, say, I promise you, you will sleep and just wake up and they are gone. <laughs> gone. But my wife even know that. Even me, myself, I can give myself as a gift. I give myself as a gift. That is nothing. I have conquered that spirit. Now, it's nothing that would hold mammon, money, never. Things, no way. No way. Jesus says to them, he says, you should tight, yes, he says, but not neglect the important things. Let's look at the concept of first fruit because my time is really running out and I really want to cover all these things. Important concept of first fruit. What is first fruit? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. I hope I have it here. Yeah, Mampo, you've, you've, you've loaded all the scripture to the point I can't even find where I am. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. I think you need to go according to my pace because your pace is very high. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Proverbs. Chapter 3, verse 9. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Okay, I think my, I can't find it now. Proverbs 3, 9. It says here, it says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruit of your produce. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruit of your produce. What is first fruit? Every church has their own idea of what first fruit is and whatever your church is, believe in the spirit. It's the faith, it's the faith that sponsors that thing that matters for you. The faith that sponsors. What is first fruit? There are most churches that believe that first fruit is the first income that comes for that very particular year. For example, if the year, okay, obviously the year is January. I don't know which other year. Maybe you're using Jewish calendar. But if you're using the calendar, all of us are using is January. So which means the first fruit of that very particular year, for instance, can be your first salary of that month, which is January. A lot of people, I have my yes and I have my no. I'll say that. I have my yes of that very particular thing and I have my no. What is my yes? Let me help you say my yes. My yes is as long as it is from the light of Christ, you have the faith for it, you believe God for it, that this is my first fruit and I want to make sure that I give my first fruit and so be it. I'm going to do that. That's that. Number two, the no for me is the fact that if you know that your first fruit you want to give, your faith cannot carry it and you have bills to pay. Guy, pay your bill. Pay your bill. You have children, insurance, blah, 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 and all this very particular thing from your first fruit, pay it. Now, that's one side about first fruit. The first fruit is the first income that comes to you. Now, this is another concept again of first fruit. Your first fruit, as revealed by God to me, your first fruit there, every increase, for instance, let's say you are earning 10,000 rand as a salary, and all of a sudden your boss promotes you to 12,000 rand. The 2,000 there, it's your first fruit. Literally, that's your first fruit. Because that is the increase. He says, he says, honor the Lord God with your wealth and from the first fruit of your produce. Let's look at Exodus chapter 34, verse 26. Exodus 24, 26. It says here, it says, you shall bring the very first of the fruit of your soil. The very first of the fruit. Your soil there means the place you walk. 
the very first one you shall bring into the house of the Lord. He says, and you shall not boil the young goats and its mother's milk. That was talking about those very particular days with, with those, because those guys that time, they were doing farming and agriculture, farming and cattle rearing. That's what they were doing in the Bible. But when we look at it, your first fruit of the soil is where you walk. Is where you walk. Ezekiel chapter 44 verse 30. Ezekiel 44 verse 30. It says here, it says, this is the first fruit of every kind and every contribution of every kind. The first fruit of every kind and every contribution of every kind. He said, from all your contribution, he says, shall be for the priest. He says, you shall also give the priest your first of your dough to cause the blessing to rest upon your house. The first fruit, the tithe, the first fruit, it converted, it, it converted to a blessing to rest upon your house. To rest upon your house. My dear sisters and brothers, this commandment I'm putting before you, these are commandments that are non-negotiable. It is, you can't escape it with that kind of seven benefit that it gives you. So with that being said, you can see the loopholes that are happening. Let me even say this with tight. I want you to understand. Every time you give your tight to God, an idea that concerns your life has been released for you. The problem most times is the fact that we don't engage the ideas. Literally. I can't. The moment I give tight, either platform give tight or I give my tight. Obviously, my wife has her own the way she do. I'm talking about myself now. That moment I sit down and wait, God, this season of my life, there's something that must happen this month. And I promise you, idea comes. Maybe, for example, I'm struggling with something that I need to do because I've given my tight. Because I know, he says, he will open the windows of heaven. We talk about what's called illuminations and insight. I, he is compelled to give me idea concerning that very particular thing. And I place the demand. And guess what? It happens. Many of us are playing, you see this thing, church. Maybe because people have messed up this church thing. That's why a lot of people begin to fall short of the benefit that is in this thing. It's a spiritual kingdom economy. Let's look at people in the Bible who give tithe quickly. Abraham, number one. Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. The Bible says, And God blessed Abraham, and he delivered into him the enemies into his hand. And it says, Abraham gave tithe of all. Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. Abraham, the reason why I brought Abraham, Abraham was not in law because I've heard a lot of people say, No, tithe is a law system. But Jesus, we just read it now in Luke. Jesus says, Pay your tithe, yes, but also at this very particular thing. It's like pay your tithe, but pray fast. Do all those many things. That's what Jesus was saying to them. Pay your tithe. So if Jesus, because a lot of people come and say, no, tithe has been abolished. Jesus has become our tithe and coke. I understand what they're trying to say, but they are wrong when it comes to financial advancement. They are very wrong. I, they are very wrong. Very wrong. We also see a man called Jacob. Genesis chapter 28, verse 22. He made a vow to God that, Lord, as you as I go, as I come back, you bless me. I will give my tithe of all. And in which he actually did that. What is tithe in quote? For those of you who are asking what is tithe, tithe is simple. It's simple to 10% of your income. Literally. You know, somebody once asked me the other day, should I give my gross or my, should I give my gross or my net? <laughs> and I'm like, bruh, according to your faith. Honestly. Now, this is my own personal opinion. I'm not saying take my own. Why do I why do I want God to bless me net when I can get a blessing of gross? Like I don't understand. But if you know that it is net you want to give, you see, guy, just give. Know that this is your tithe. It's ten percent, ten percent of your tithe. That's all it is required. The same way government requires fifteen percent in the kingdom economy, it's just ten percent. I think my time is really running out and stuff because I need to get into my point too. 
So now we begin to see some certain things to make, to make our life easy. And so with that being said, paying your tithe doesn't enrich God. It does not enrich God. It is to you to secure your financial covenant and destiny in him. It does not enrich God. As far as God is concerned, let me say this concerning all these four cardinal points we are going to be looking into. The financial blessing is already upon your life, but it takes you engaging on covenant tactics to activate those very particular things. They are there. The financial blessings, they are all right now in your life. The fullness of the Godhead rests in you bodily, but it takes your participation on those things to activate them to become a reality. Let me say, let me even use banking system because I like bringing things. It's like you going to the bank, for those of you who work in the bank, and they give you your ATM card. Do you notice that the ATM card is in your hand, but the teller will tell you, go to the bank and go, and, go to the ATM and go and activate your card. That's what your givings and every other thing we're going to talk about. So it's not something that is away from God. God has already put it there. But the thing is looking, can I trust you? Can I trust you? I give you one million, you disappear. Then you come back when you are broke again and then never. I'll only be able to pay your children's school fees and to make sure that your bills are paid. But as far as my kingdom prosperity is concerned, I forget it, you don't qualify for it. So you will start back from that small one that comes in. From that, you start back from there. Hmm. Let's look at men quickly in the Bible who, um, on planet Earth, who were kingdom titles. And when you see them, this is their secret of financial wealth. Number one, Bishop David Oedeko, the man, the founder of Winner's Chapel. He is a titan. Everything he lives his life is from the king. In fact, with Bishop David Oedeko, there is no way he preached without mentioning titles. Those of you who knows him, I know some of you are nodding your head. There is no way, because he knows as far as finances is concerned. With the kingdom, it's from the tithe. Second person is called Kenneth Copeland. We know him. He's a man of titan. Kenneth Hagin, man of titan. Andrew Womack, man of titan. Joseph Prince, man. I'm calling all these big names that you know. So when you see the life they live, and you want to live that kind of life, in righteousness and in your bank account, do what they do. With that being said, what happens to my tithe? Hebrews chapter 7 from verse 1 to verse 8. You can take your time to read it. Hebrews 7, 1 to 8. But I'm going to read verse 4. The Bible says there, it says, Now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave tithe of the spoil. He now says in verse 7, he said, Now beyond all contradictions, the lesser is blessed of the better. He says, Here mortal men receive your tithe. He says, he says of them, he says of whom it is witness that lives. Here on earth, mortal men receive your tithe, but in heaven, Christ is the one who receives it. With that being said, I want to jump quickly into my point number two. What is again, because my time is really running. What is again? Is the second cardinal point that guarantees financial rest. It's what I called kingdom promotion given. Kingdom promotion given. Kingdom promotion given which is almost similar to what you see on this very particular booklet called Kingdom Investment. We'll talk about it later on. I keep saying we'll talk about it later on, but some of you make sure that you, you force me. Kingdom promotion given. Let's look at the Bible. The book says, the Bible in the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. Genesis 8, sorry. Genesis 8, 22. Genesis 8, 22. I know I saw it just now as I was scrolling here. Genesis 8, 22. It's a popular scripture we know, but I just want to put a scripture on the screen so that we can then see it and also read through it. Genesis 8:22. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Is it that some of these, okay, I wanted to say, is it that this thing delete? Genesis 8:22. it says here, and these stones which, which I have set as a pillar 
shall be God's house and okay, no. Mamupo, what is happening today? This is not Genesis 18. I know Genesis 18 too very well offhand. <laughs> it says, while the earth remaineth, it says, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Kingdom investment. Jesus already, I mean, the Bible here, this is God Himself saying it. That at the at this level, it says, while the earth remain, that your seeding and your harvest shall not cease. As long as earth still remains, because a lot of people thinking that your givings end when Jesus went to heaven. Here it says, while the earth remains, even Jesus coming to die and going did not stop this from operation. That's why Jesus had to talk about it. Give your tithe. Haven't you noticed when Jesus was, when, when, they, what's called, when the scribes, they met Jesus, um, when they were asking him to pay his tax and all those things. Do you notice what he says to them when they were questioning him? He says, who is on that very particular currency? They say, Caesar. He said to them, give what belongs to Caesar to Caesar and give what belongs to God to God. He didn't say give to Caesar alone and forget God. He said give both Caesars and give both God. The same way you pay your, and hear me, pay your tax. South Africa, pay your tax 15%. Don't escape it. Pay your tax 15%. But at the same time, pay your 10% back to God. Kingdom investment. It says while the earth remain. It says seed time and harvest. Cold and heat. Summer and winter. Day and night shall not cease. This is an ordinance that while the earth remains, things must stay. And when we talk about seed, see, seed, every seed you sow comes with a corresponding harvest. And seed here is not necessarily only about money. For example, you can sow a seed of honor and receive a harvest of assets. You can sow a seed of honor. You see people on the road and stuff, people that are bigger than you. It's only this very particular. I don't know, this is your country, your system here. I don't understand it. I'm still trying to stay. This is my Nigeria in me. You meet people that are older than you. And you go, you are just, my wife has explained to me several times, but it's not making sense to me. It's not making sense. So you pardon me. You go there, you are shaking their hand and you are trying to do, oh boy, you are chopping up with your fathers. How? <laughs> Honor is the seed that you sow for harvest of assets. Good understanding is a seed that you sow for favor. You want to obtain favor? Have a good understanding for that very part. So you must sow good understanding to harvest favor. Diligence is the seed that you sow for you to be lifted in the thing. He says, see as thou a man diligent in his business. You must sow diligence for you to be able to stand before kings and not mean men. A question is a seed you sow to get a correct answer. So if you are finding yourself getting wrong answer, check the seed you are sowing. Call the question. Also, knowledge and wisdom is the seed you sow for you to be able to get enlightenment in the things that you do. And also finally, fasting and prayers with the word is the seed you sow for you to be able to operate in power and dominion. So do you notice that seed time and harvest is not just about money alone. But it's, it's a corresponding, what you call, it's a note that has to talk about your, you determine how far you go. You know, when I saw this very particular scripture years back when I was doing my dexterity business, I said, ah, thank God I saw the scripture. I will never forget when I encountered the scripture. I said, then at this very particular point, I determine how I grow. If it's that seeding part, kingdom investment, forget it. I determine how I grow. Determine. For example, I remember one time we were in Bible school with my wife. And this man of God gave an example with me using my, at my wife's class, my wife was my elder in school. Imagine how, imagine how interesting that is. She was my elder in school, in Bible school. And this man was giving an example. <laughs> I gave my way to this very particular ministry and this very particular life to the point that when the man of God is about to preach, I knew what he wants to preach from a standpoint of seeding. <laughs> I'll talk about that later. Let's look at Luke chapter 6 verse 38. 
Luke 6, 38, we're on point number two, kingdom investment. Luke 6, 38, kingdom promotion or kingdom giving. Now, when we talk about this kingdom giving, we're talking about your offerings and your kingdom demands. Your offerings and your kingdom demands. Those are your offerings, you bring in your seed, whatever. They are all a kingdom promotion given. Luke 6, 38, he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Your ability to give determines that you are qualified to receive. Many of us want to receive, but we are not giving. We want to receive the blessing that this commission carry, but we are, we are very, what you call, sparingly given, and you sparingly received. He said, give, it shall be given unto you. In this kingdom, one of the things I want you to understand, every time you give, you are a farmer that is sowing. And because you sow, there is no way that you will not reap. Every time you give, how do I know? John chapter 12 verse 24. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and dies. You must give to the point that as you give, you let it go out of your life. It says it abides alone. It says, and if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. There is a level of kingdom advancement and kingdom giving that you give that the seed goes on. That's why for me, I'm, 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 I'm weary. You know, I think there's one day, you know, I've, I've seen things, ne? There was one day I was going, I was driving around Santin, yeah, that's, this is Rivonia Road, so yes, Rivonia Road, Santin. And this cop stopped me. So when the police guy stopped me, he looked at the car, that time the car, well, the car we are using, has a particular sticker of Platform Church. And so when he stopped me, he looked at the car, he said, you're a pastor? He said, yes. He said, I, 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 give me some of the tithes that you receive. I laugh. <laughs> I said, okay, I have no problem. But let me first and foremost give you the, give, let me give you, the, what you are going to harvest from this title I'm going to give you. Number one, some of these people's money, it is their pain that they drop on that. Some of them, it is their sweat, their tears. He says, he, he says here in this verse, he says them, he says, except a wheat of comfort to the ground and die. This is their last thing they drop. I said, just ready that as I give you the tithe and the offering, ready to harvest all of those things, those people so The guy was like, pastor, you can go immediately he freed me. He said, after then, he stopped me. And I'm like, oh God, what the heck is again? What does he want to ask me? He says, why do pastors not teach us these things? Because why? Now, so for me, I'm, I'm, I'm weary. Honestly, as your pastor, as much as I have the privilege, opportunity for me to be able to, for lack of a better word, run the church with some of you who are currently active in the ministry, I'm weary for me to take what is not mine. I'm weary. I remember one time a lady, a lady, um, I prayed for a particular lady and she decided to sow a seed. When she sowed the seed, she transferred the money into my account. Honestly speaking, transferred the money into my account. By the time I look at the reference, you know how you people send money and the team comes as reference. When I look at the reference, the reference of that very particular seed, it says for kingdom advancement. For kingdom advancement, says, that's not my money. Immediately I transferred it to Platform Church. Straight. I did not straight transfer it. My wife, I think I remember we were in Grahamstown. I transferred, I was like, this one is kingdom, is the person here says for kingdom advancement. He didn't say for me. So, oh boy, I don't want to put myself in trouble. I transferred it straight. Because why? If you eat what is not yours, you will carry the problem that those people, how do I check Gehazi and Naaman? When Gehazi went to collect the gift from Naaman, that was not him. He, he harvested leprosy of Naaman. He harvested it because why? He refused to understand. Not everything that you see, you must chop. Not. Especially this work we do. Okay, well, let me move. In this kingdom, one of the ways we sow is by giving. And one of the ways we reap is by receiving. How do I know 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6? I'm trying to be fast now because my time is running out. It says, but this I say, 
He which sows sparingly, he says, shall also raise sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. You want to be marvelously helped in your finance? Also be marvelously ready to be able to give bountifully. Be ready. You want people to be able to favor your finance? I've just given you everything in this kingdom is seed and harvest. You must sow a seed to be able to harvest something. You, mu you, you must. I don't know how you want to say you must. You want to be like Vusi Tempekwayo, for instance, because all of us like talking about him. Go and check the investment. And if you can invest that level, then you can be able to harvest the result he's harvesting. Many of us do not want to pay the price, but we want to participate in the harvest. Not when it comes to finance. I will be honest with my hand lifted up as the truth to God. Not when it comes to finance. You must be able to sow. And God has instituted the church as a spiritual conduit that enforces the money to come. But as far as multiplication and advances, you have to engage the physical law. But now we are looking at the spiritual one. It says, but I say unto you, which is so sparingly, say shall also be sparingly. Verse 7, it says, every man give according to as he has proposed in his heart. Haven't you noticed sometimes when I ask you guys to give your tithe and your offering, especially whatever, I say whatever the Lord has laid in your heart. I don't come and tell you things that I don't hear. No. According to as you have proposed. For example, this morning, ability for you to be able to have proposed in your heart and I'm going to give this, that's all. If the Lord now asks you to give more than that, it's okay. That, that's between you and your God and your work with God. And so be it. God sees your size. Shoe has level. God also understands. He knows that you are still trying to understand this thing. So because of that, he is patient. In his patience doesn't mean that when he knows that you have 10,000 rand and all of a sudden you are just giving him 50,000, 50, I don't know, 10,000 rand, but you are giving him 50 rand as tight. That's not tight. That's just giving. That's not tight. And so he is still going to be patient with you for you to capture the light of tight. He's going to be patient. He says, let every man give according to as he has proposed in his house. He said, let him not give grudgingly. Indirectly, don't be angry. Come on, this church again, they started. He says, all of necessity, not the fact that we forced you. Don't be forced. There are some of you, you give emotionally. Yeah, I'm your pastor, I'll tell the truth. You give emotional, there's no emotional giving. I've been, to, let me say this, this is your pastor, so I help you. I've been to conferences and the pastor preached powerfully. I wasn't moved to give. I did not give. It is not by emotion, it is by revelation. Hear me? It is not by emotion, it is by revelation. It is not by emotion. In giving in this kingdom, it is not by emotion, it is by revelation. If you have not captured the light of that very particular thing, my dear, take your time more. Learn. Learn. If I let me even say this, as we're talking about this kingdom investment now, if you've not captured what Titan is, come back to this message and listen again and pray, Holy Spirit, help me. Let me capture the light of this thing. Pray. Because you are depriving yourself of benefit already instituted for you. Because God cannot lie. His word will not fall to the ground without performing that which he has said. So if you are not participating in that thing, so the word is going to hang, you are the one that is not making it fall to perform. Not God. He says, not of necessity. He says, for God loves a cheerful giver which is some of you who gives cheerfully. God loves you. Because of that, he trusts you. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. It is an error to come to the house of the Lord without you having something in your hand. It is an error. This, let me say this. Please discipline yourself that every service that you come, Thursday, Sunday, we then have what you call three days of enforcing the rested life, which is Monday, first second and third. Every service we do, enforce and insist in your head that you must come. How do I know? First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 2. Because I know you guys are like, okay, pastor, you just, let's look at it from the Bible. 
First Corinthians 16 verse 2. It says, on the first day of the week, let every one of you lay aside something, storing up as, as he has, I mean, as you have been prospered. It says that there'll be a collection when I come. Let every one of you, every one of you must give, not some of you, every. Nobody does have anything to, everybody have something to give. All of us, we have something to give. We all do. Because as he has blessed you, if your own giving is like that woman who gave her widow's might, the last one, give. It is between you and your God. But please be disciplined that every service, it says let everyone, it says on the first day of the week, on the first day of the week, which means at this very particular point with the Corinthian church, maybe their service is just only on Sundays. For platform church, it's Sundays, Thursday, and sometimes also the first, second, and the third of every new month. Have something in your hand. Don't just rock up like that. Have something. Now, that, that very particular thing you are doing, you are partnering with God that day to say, as this message comes, it blesses me. That's what you are doing when you bring something to give before the Father. And also, when it comes to about free will offering, it is coming, on the, it is coming before the Lord with something to appreciate him for the good that he has done upon your life. Lord, I'm alive. Thank you. That's your offering. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1 to verse 7. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 to 7. I'm just trying for me to just brush this very particular thing so that you get something out of it. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 to 7. And please hear me if you don't understand. Our information is currently scrolling down on the screen. Take advantage of it. Ask questions. We are here to guide you so that you can then begin to enjoy kingdom blessings. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, 1 to 7. I'm going to just read verse 1 alone. It says, cast your bread upon the waters. It says, for you will find it after many days. Cast your bread upon the waters. Which means, if you notice the waters, they didn't talk about one water. Waters, which means cast your bread on the Sunday service, on the Thursday service, on enforcing the rest of life, prayer and fasting, whatever. Cast your bread. Don't just come empty hand. Trust God. Don't trust me, your pastor. Trust God. He is the one who says you should do it. That's why I'm reading scripture for you to see. He said, cast your bread upon many waters. He says, um, they say, give a portion to seven and a portion to eight, for you don't know the days of evils which will come upon the earth. He says, and if your cloud is full of rain, he says, they empty themselves upon the earth. Many of us are not experiencing financial blessings from God because our cloud is not full. You have been so inspiring and you are wondering how come Sibongile is getting testimony? How come Kanisa is getting testimony? How come Mpo is getting testimony? Because you have not loaded your heavens. You have not loaded your heavens with your givings. You have to be, he says, if the cloud is full of rain, he says, they empty themselves upon the earth. The same thing also applies with your giving. It goes and form a cloud and boom, they call you and tell you there is one money and you are wondering, ah, ah, really? And it's funny whereby, you know, you know, have you noticed that the day you get that very particular phone call of that money that comes, is the last money you just give. And they now tell you that you have a 20,000 rand somewhere. See guys, this kingdom, eh, ah, I don't know how to really explain, but it's okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's look at uh, the life of um, Moses. Moses in the book of Exodus chapter 35, verse 4 and 5. This was when Moses was collecting offering for the tabernacle. Remember, we're talking about kingdom advance and kingdom giving. Moses was instructed. See, it's not a crime, hear me. It's not a crime for a pastor to ask. It's not a crime because it's stated in the scripture. 
Moses at this very particular scripture was asking the people that the Lord has caused to build a house. I want you guys to give stuff and whatever, whatever. And the Bible says, and all of these people they bring. For instance, the Lord may instruct me. At the moment, he hasn't instructed me with anything, so I'm not going to say it. He may instruct me to say, okay, if I want to buy a land in, for lack of a better word, Crooker's Drop, and the land is 14 million rand, and all of a sudden I place a demand on every one of us. Of course, I'm not going to try that now. We are not at that very particular level. I have wisdom to think also. I'm not going to think about that part. But when we get to that level, call. If the Lord has laid in your heart for you to sow, we are buying this very particular land, come. But guess what? I promise you I know my smartness. Possibility that the money will be there. But for you to participate in that land, I will have to call for kingdom demand. So it is not wrong when you see pastor call. But this is the thing I beg us, pastor. When people bring money, I'm saying this because I've experienced it in some church. When people bring money to buy pulpits, please buy the pulpit. If the pulpit is not, the money is not complete, tell them. Guys, the reason why we're not buying the pulpit now is because of this. Let them know. People are not dumb. They are not stupid. They know that they give money now. And this is the problem where we have mocked this very particular faith. They know. They know you said the pulpit is 16,000 rand. And maybe somebody in the church wired that 16,000. And yet, three months pass. You are still talking about And the person is wondering. You think the person is going to hear you again? He will not. I remember a church I was with. And all of a sudden, in that very particular church, <laughs> the man of God, I don't want to mention his name, he's still there. The man of God asked for a money for some certain things to be done in church. And there is this rich guy that was in church. I know the guy. I don't want to mention the name of the guy. There's this rich guy that was in the church. The guy wired a huge, nice amount of money. Guess what? <laughs> These are the reasons why people get frustrated when they give. And I'm going to say that because I'm sitting on a global platform now. Get frustrated. The man wired money, and I know how much the man wired. Start it from dollars, start from one, and put M in the one, moving upward. That was what the man wired. Guess what? The first thing, the thing we were supposed to buy did not happen, because I know I was part of the team of that very particular church, did not happen. The next thing we saw was, what's it called? One of these exotic cars. That was the last time the man came to that church. Literally the last time. We did not see that man again in that very particular church. Family. People are not stupid. They see when they give and they see how you spend the money. They see it. They gave one million rand on Monday morning. On Tuesday, you are buying Bentley. Hapa, hapa. Let's be honest. Put conscience. You to feel. Try weigh the options and see. Kingdom demands. We will demand it when it comes. I pray that that day that platform would demand for you to be able to invest in the dealings and doings of God. You will not be found wanting in the name of Jesus. What is what does I mean? Whatever you give for the kingdom comes back to you. Whatever you give for the kingdom comes back to you. You can write down Matthew chapter 19, verse 29. Matthew 19, 29. It says, everyone who has given house, cars, whatever, it says on this earth, it says you will receive 100% back of those things and also inherit eternal life. You will receive Mark chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. Jesus was making them to understand that whoever has left brothers, sisters, mothers, he says, as far as this earth is concerned, you will receive them back a hundredfold. So which means your giving is not going to waste. My own appeal, give from a standpoint of revelation, give from a standpoint of insight, give from a standpoint of joyfulness and not grudgingly. That three method, I promise you, there is no seed you drop on the altar that will not pop results. Now, let's quickly jump um, to see some of the other kind of givings that we can also give in the kingdom. Remember, I talked about worshiping offerings, which means your ability for you to come with something. 
This is based on revelation, proof for God for your love. Your worship offering, as we are coming today, there must be a worship offering. You must be. I'm going to be raising what's it called, asking for you to give as the Lord has ordained. Propose in your heart. Now I understand. Now I can see. In this very particular thing, this is how this thing happens. Number two, we also see what is called kingdom investment. What are kingdom investment? We can see there in the book of Haggai chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 11. Haggai chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 11. The Bible says that he was talking, I'm going to give the story, that you can go back home and read the Bible. He was talking about how the Lord's house has been kept ruined. It was not built. And the Bible says, and God was saying to the prophet Haggai and says, these people have left my house to lie in waste. He says, um, he was commanding them to say, consider your ways. He says, you have sown much and yet you have reaped little because why my house is not being built. Let me say this as we still talk about kingdom investment and kingdom demands. Your church does not really, this is me saying it now generally, because Platform Church now, we don't have any physical location now at the moment. But let me say this so that when we get to physical location, I think some of you even do that when we were using Westridge High School. I remember very well. And I celebrate God and I bless God for your life. You guys make my life very easy. Your church must, if you notice that your church does not have work clock, don't let the pastor ask or pray for offering for work clock. Just look, there's no work clock in this church. Go and buy it and bring it there. It's as simple as that. Or probably you don't know what to do. You call Mam Fundis. Or one of the letters that is there, don't call me. Because you call me, I'll tell you, Posh Kayan Kupe. <laughs> I'm joking, don't mind me. <laughs> call one of the leaders that you know. What need is this in ministry? I've done that. Ah, my dear, yo, I've done that. I remember one time, my younger brother is listening now. It's just funny because now he's going to hear the story in full. I remember one time when I was in Nigeria, and the church that I was then needed something. And that thing, it was 10,000 naira. Needed something to, to be done. And literally... I was convinced in my spirit for me to do so. The money that was in my hand was my money for matric. <laughs> As I'm saying it, Brojo is called Waek. <laughs> That's why tomorrow you guys don't know that why I don't have Waek. This is a secret now. <laughs> it's money for matric because in Nigeria you pay for matric. It's not like you guys here by you just whoosh, just do the exam, you just move on. We pay for matric. And I look, they pay my heart for God. You know, sometimes I've done things for God, but no wonder he has to call me because like, oh boy, your heart is pure. I carry that matric money, 10,000, and I say to God, God, everything that wisdom and insight would have to put on the table. Let this money go ahead of me. My dear, I lie not under heaven. There is no place you put me under earth for me to come. I will comprehend it. Give me matter of this. I may not go to Harvey Lake or whatever those, those universities you guys call. Oxford, Longford, and Shortford. Whatever fort all of them is. I may not go. Because why? I have bopped that inside from the realm of the spirit. I drop When I dropped that 10,000, Goza, I knew something left me. And I knew something entered. From that day, I never lacked insight and foresight. Never. That was the day this prophetic grace landed. I knew when it landed. I never lacked it. But it's for from the standpoint of kingdom investment. The people need something in that ministry. And I said, no, I can't sit here and just watch. Exodus chapter 35 from verse 4 to verse 10. This was where Moses was calling for giving. And also there is another kind of giving that I want to talk about. Before I get to my point number three. is what I call the seed faith giving. The seed faith giving. <laughs> what is this seed faith giving? <laughs> you know, I like the seed faith giving because from this, the moment I'm going to explain, you're going to understand. Seed faith giving is connected to, is connected to your faith through the seed for you to expire something is something that you are giving to put an 
end to a particular thing that is happening in your life. You put an, many of us are not benefiting from seed faith because we don't understand it. How do I know? The Bible says in the book of John chapter 12 verse 24. It says, verily, verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and dies. It says it remaineth alone. It says, but if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Guess what? You sow a seed faith. Bah, the thing leaves your hand. There is no way it will end the scarcity and begin to bring out fruit. It ends the scarcity. It says concerning that in the book of Psalm chapter 126 from verse 5 and 6. Psalm 126 verse 5 and 6. It says, though that sow in tears, it is a mystery. This is, what, this is one of the principles of resurrection. Jesus, God sowed Christ, but all of a sudden when he resurrected, more Christ were born. He ended sin one time. He used that very particular seed to end. It's like the resurrection power of God. The seed fed is a mystery that you can engage on. If you are seeing patterns in your life, you are seeing things that you don't like, you can carry a seed faith and drop it on the earth and say, God, I'm sending this one for this cause. I bet you from that to hear me and hear me well. Watch God turn that thing around for you. Watch God turn it around for you. I came out from a family where I know very well that the odds for me to make it is going to be very slim because there is no chance of survival in that barracks. I remember I was showing one of my daughters the place I grew up in Ibadan. And she was looking at me, she was shocked. I said, yes, that's how I grew up. I grew up from that place. But part of my growing up, it was the fact that I understand the standpoint of seed faith. Every level in which I get into was from a portal of seed faith. Lord, I cannot run the ministry. That will be lacking stuff. I remember when we needed to get all the equipment for Platform Church. Oh yes, God, God be the glory. Most of the equipment, we have it. Because I can't say all. Most. That time I sat down, I looked. I say, God, I cannot allow this to happen. I don't want to be those people whereby they will be calling members, calling people to come and play drums and bring their drum. I say, no. I took the last of the seed that is a platform church. God, this is the thing I'm sending. Literally in less than two weeks, all the money needed to buy the thing pop out. He says, yeah. He said, those that sow in tears. Guess what? You sow the pain. He says, but they reap joy. They reap precious seed. He says, rejoicing with Shiva. There is something about what your seed faith can do that you can use to stop something and wake up something in your life. You can stop barrenness and wake up fruitfulness. You can stop lack and wake up prosperity. You can stop whatever needs to be stopped from the standpoint of seed faith. Also, another forms of giving is what we call vows and sacrifice. Vows and sacrifice. Three people that I'm going to mention that did that. One of them is called Hannah. Hannah, in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, you can read it from 1 to 28. The Bible says, and Hannah get to a particular point. She made a vow. God, if you give me, guess what? She was struggling for children. If you give me this, I will bring it back to you. God, see, let me say this. God knows if he gives you, what are you will give him back? He knows. Remember the Bible says in Galatians, say God is not mocked. So he cannot be mocked. So he knows the intent of your heart. He knows that Hannah, this moment, Hannah will bring it back. He wasn't doubting. And all of a sudden we get to see that all of a sudden Hannah came, brought back that very particular son. And guess what? Go and read the story of Hannah. Hannah gave back to five more children after bringing back Samuel. Five more children. There's another guy again which I love so much. The, the reason why I like this very particular guy is because he uses sacrifice and vow. He made the sacrifice. Your church, platform church, have a yearly sacrifice. We're going to talk about it because my time is running. Have a yearly sacrifice. What is yearly sacrifice? For, for this king of Moab, sorry, 
the king of Moab in the book of 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 26 and 27. Moab decided to look. Now, guess what? <laughs> you see all this now I'm giving? I'm giving you ancient secret. Ancient. Sacrifice and vow. Seed faith. Hey, don't joke with it. Moab, they back to the Bible says there that, let's, let's, let's even read it. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 20 and 27. The Bible says, when the king of Moab saw that the battles were too sore for him, there are some of you, the battles you are going, it's too painful. You, the, the level at which you are going now, oh boy, you will get to 59 and quarter, and you will still be wondering why it is not showing up. This guy noticed, the Bible says he took with him 700 men and drew sword and breakthrough even to the king of Edom. He says, but he could not prevail, which means he tried his own strength and energy. There are some of you, you can end anything from the standpoint of seed faith, vows and sacrifice. The Bible says in verse 27, I'm not saying go and kill your son, but the guy understand what this potter of sacrifice is. He took his son, slew the guy. And after slewing the guy, guess what the Bible says? That immediately offered it. He says there was great indignation in the camp of Israel. Israel was God's own choice. But because Israel did not understand the platform of sacrifice, all of a sudden, the guy who did sacrifice, boom, prosper. Let me say this to you, somebody, this morning. There is a business you are trying to do, that career you want to grow. And you are wondering why the unbelievers are growing. Go and check what they do behind the scenes. Go and check. They, they don't come to office ordinary. They don't. I did business and I'm still doing business. I know too. I will never forget one deal I wanted to go and get in total. I will never forget. I keep wondering why is this deal not going? Why is this not going? What did happen now? Oh boy. Why did I just wake up? When the Holy Spirit revealed to me, the lady that was competing with me, she was a Sangoma. She is or was. I can't even tell now. But then she is a Sangoma. I said, hey. And because of that, the Holy Spirit showed me the things that she has done in the realm of the Spirit. I said, ah. I said, no wonder. Because anytime I go to the meeting, they keep telling me, no, we are waiting for this girl. We want to see. I said, waiting. The girl is not coming forth. What is your problem? I said, no, this can't be. I took a sacrifice. Painful as it is. Drop it on the altar. Three days later, they call me. We've changed our mind. Come and take the contract. And that's how I got that very particular deal. My dear, you are still struggling because you've not bombed these ordinances. As far as financial rest is concerned, you are still struggling. As far as being marvelously helped financially because you've not bombed into these very particular ordinances. King Moab, what do you call the king, the king of Moab? He, he, he used sacrifice to change God's mind concerning the thing happening to him. There are some of you this morning, I'm giving you all these indices for you to see through the scripture. The Bible makes us to understand that everything is written for our four times for us, for our gaining, for our mastering and having sense to know what to do. Everything in the scripture mysteries are hidden in stories and parables solutions are hidden in stories and parables insight and foresight are hidden in stories and parables find which one connect to you and engage with it the power of seed faith the power of vows and the power of sacrifice i don't want to talk much about that let me jump to point number three quickly point number three what is again is another cardinal point forgiving when it comes to kingdom economy i don't like talking about this but i have to say it because it comes with his own blessing is giving to your prophet or your spiritual parent. Number three, giving to your prophet or your spiritual parent. The Bible says here, it says in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, it says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophet and you shall prosper. My dear, you see your prophet. Your prophet, I'm going to explain I'm going to explain from the standpoint of the crucifix, which is the cross, which is the head, these two and the place. I'm going to explain by the time I finish the four. 
But one of the things that your prophet does is the fact that they guarantees your safety and security. They guarantees that. They guarantee, as far as establishing your, pro, your, what's called your prophetic ground, manifesting the dominion of God, they hold that power for you. They hold it. They hold it. They hold it. It says in the book of Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. It says, by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, he said he preserved them. Prophet you see, man of God. I mean, I'm going to call all of you man of God now. Prophet you see is around. I know they are a charlatan. But I'm going to tell you as touching the things of God. Prophets are God's medium for establishment of prosperity. They are God's medium for establishment of prosperity. They are God's medium. For, remember that we did not call ourselves. The genuine ones, we, when God called us, we run. We entered the ship. We went straight to Nineveh. You know, Tashis. Went straight to Tashis. It was in the fish belly. We find ourselves back. We're like, well, why now? Because we know what this thing means. The place of honoring your prophet or your spiritual parent. If you notice, I'm not talking about physical one because I'm talking about spiritual possibilities. How to pull your finance from the realm of the spirit. That's what we're doing this moment. The place of honoring your prophet. It says here in the book of Matthew chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. Matthew 10, 41 and 42. It says, he who receive and welcome and accept a prophet, it says, become, it says, because he is a prophet, he says, shall receive a prophet reward. And he who receive and welcome and accept a righteous man, he says, that same person also receive a righteous man reward. He says, and whoever give to one of these, whoever sow to one of this place, he says, um, it says, in law or influence, I mean in rank or influence, he says, even a cup of cold water, because he's my disciple, he says, surely I declare, he shall not lose his reward. You see, prophets, when they go around, we carry blessings. The gift of God are embodied in prophets. They are embodied in the apostles. They are embodied in ministers of the gospel. But it will take your eyes open to see. I was saying to you a few minutes ago, the, the church in which I was, there is not, my wife will tell you up till now, there is no prophet I submit into their life that I don't show. It, because whatever they carry, I want to carry it. Whatever they represent, I want to represent it. Especially if I'm in that very particular commission, I stick to this principle. And guess what? They produce for me. Number one, you must understand the place of your tithe. Number two, you must understand the place of kingdom investment. Number three, you must understand the place of honoring your prophet. Not just, oh boy, I honor you, man of God. Seed giving. Seed giving. Let's say the Bible says the book of Galatians. Before I read Galatians, let's read 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Because many of us are losing from this very particular place. Losing, we are losing a lot. We live in a days whereby pastors have been attacked and you self joined them in the attack. Common sense. Stop that nonsense. He says he that receives. So if you don't receive the prophet, keep quiet because you have no clue what that man is doing in a secret place. That I will show you what Paul says concerning one guy that he was now ah, it was painful. It was painful. What Paul the apostle, your grace preacher, what he said concerning the guy, I said, Jesus. Even when I saw that part, I said, Father, forgive this. I, I know the man is gone, but forgive this man. Whoever this man is, forgive him. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. He says, let the elders, in bracket the pastors, he says that rules, he said, be well accounted for double honor. He said, especially those who labor in word and in doctrine. He said, let the elders... We labor in word and in doctrine. Look at all the time I'm using to sit here. He said, let the prophet. See, the reason why many people don't benefit from this is because a lot of prophets have taken chances. Let me say this as we begin to go. It is wrong 
biblical principle, it is wrong for you to meet a prophet with nothing in your hand. Very wrong. I'm going to tell you the truth because I practice it. Very wrong to meet a man of God with nothing in your hand. Very wrong. How do I know? Check this very particular guy called, what's he called? Saul. When Saul was going to meet uh, prophet Samuel, he says, what is in our hand that we may give to the prophet? Check the woman, what's called the, 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 I was the, 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 the widow of Zarephath. Every time she says that there is something she gives to the prophet. Ah, you know, there are some certain things you bless men of God. We may not be able to pray for you that moment, but the moment we look at you, just, just make sure that they smile or tears come from their eye. Go and sleep. And watch them wake up at night. Kill devils on your behalf. Kill devils on your behalf. I remember one of the daughters of Israel particular commission here. As simple as that book she brought. As I'm saying, I'm still smiling. May God honor your seed. As simple as that, she brought, I look at it, I smile. <laughs> I just go. <laughs> I want to see, not when I'm alive, I want to see who will cause your problem. <laughs> Let's not go too far. Galatians chapter 6, 6 to 10. Let's read that part because I want you to see it. Galatians chapter 6, 6 to 10. It says, let him who is taught in the world, it says, share in the things with him who teaches. Which means you, as I'm teaching you with the word, because I'm, I'm saying this because I want you to catch up this truth. I'm not going to lie here. Let him who is taught with the word of God share in all the things that um, share in all the things which he teaches you. He said, Do not deceive God is not mocked, for whatever a man's soul he will reap. He said, For if he sows to the flesh of the flesh, he will reap corruption. For if he sows to the spirit of the spirit, he will reap eternal life. He says, Let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Therefore, as we have opportunity, hear it, as you have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are the household of faith. There are some of you, I'm saying now this one, generally speaking, because I know I have beautiful, wonderful family of rest. There are some of you, when last have you bought handkerchief and say, Pastor, clean your sweat. I just want to give you that handkerchief, just clean your sweat. Clean your sweat. I will never forget. <laughs> I'm going to share this because it happens to this lady. I wonder that's why the fact that she's not in platform church now at the moment. All of a sudden, she took it upon herself and said, okay, fine, I want to be bringing water for pastoralitin and stuff. And she was struggling for her to get a particular thing. I think she was struggling to get a particular transportation for her company that she was working with. And anytime I drink that water, all of a sudden, one day, she just brought the car to my house. Sir, this is the car. I said, hey, how? He said, no, you taught us about this prophetic business. Me, I just choose to stay there. As ignorance or probably as carnally she did that. Pa! It brought. What, tell me what kind of prophetic ordination that would have made Saul become a king. If not encounter prophet Samuel. There are opportunities God has given you and I at this season that we are not taking advantage of. Let's look at what Paul said in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 17. He was making them to understand concerning giving to him. Him the prophet. He says, not that I seek a gift for you. He says, but I seek that fruit may abound in your account. You're giving to prophet, open an account, which means every level, let me explain this part, every level of advantage and possibility I bump into, you also partake in it by just giving to your prophet. Literally. I'm using myself as an example. If your prophet is not a platform church prophet, why not do that the same thing to your people? Do it. Do it. Hmm. Let me quickly give some examples because my time is really running fast. I think I should find a way. Just the fact that this week we are getting into, into some certain dangerous prayers and um, the month of August, what it has for us. So because of that, I'm trying as much as possible. I think I'll just stop in this point number three here because I can't finish it within many of time which I have here now.
But let me still focus on prophet a bit. The Bible says in the book of Genesis uh, chapter 27, verse 2 to 4, he was talking about a man called Isaac. When Isaac needed to pastor, he called his son. He says, give me venison that I may pray for you. See, as much as we do this very particular work we do in this kingdom, we are humans. I think one of the things I even need to put on the table here for you to understand, how do you then begin to honor your prophet? Number one, write these three things. Number four things are number one. How do you honor them? You honor your prophets or your pastors by supporting them. Support them. Support them. I'm not saying that when they come and be, see, I will never, hear me, I will never, till rapture take place, call you for money. Never. Never. But as God gives you the, what you call the impression, honor them. Support them. First Timothy chapter 5, 17 and 18, you can write that down. First Timothy 5, 17, 18. It says the elder should be considered worthy of ample honorarium, especially those who work hard in preaching and teaching. First Timothy 5, 17, 18. 1 Corinthians 9, 14. You can write that down. And also Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. Number two, how do you honor your prophet? You honor them by defending them. Oh, defend them. Let me say this. All pastors and prophets, all the five of us, five food ministers, we have weaknesses. See, there are some of you who wants to know me, who wants to come to my house. Can I trust you with my secret? Can I, can I trust you in such a way? I remember my spiritual father once preached this part about defending them. It blesses me. Can I trust you? Imagine the kind of life Elisha and Elijah live. Elisha was so close to Elijah because he needed to participate in the blessing of his prophet. He was so close to the point that if Elijah was at the bathroom taking his bath, Elisha was there because he couldn't tell when this man would go. He was that close. When Elijah farts, Elisha is sitting there and he couldn't say anything. And yet he covered him. Defend your prophet. We live at a time where by the way they insult pastors. And some of you go there, you even tweet, like and comment. Ha! Let me say this. Shame on you. If you don't know before now, now you know. But if you know, you still do it. Ah, I am your pastor. Ah, I'm your spiritual father. Shame on you. Stop it. Repent. Repent. It's not good. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 7. He says, moreover, he must have a good report which are without. He said, lest he fall into approach of the snare. The man of God must have good report. But things will happen. Defend them. Defend them. There are some of you I can put my hand on my chest knowing to whether they can defend me. Some of you, never. I won't try it. I, never, I, I know you. Let me not call your name. I know you. I cannot try that you would defend, you defend me. Ne <laughs> Number three, what do you do? Is the fact that you honor them by recognizing them. Recognize them. Recognize them. Pastor, we see you. Pray for them. You think this job we're doing is easy? You don't know the devils we see. There are devils we pray out of your life. They come back and meet us. If they don't meet us, they meet our wives. They do. They come. My day they come. I have enough story that full water. In fact, that full the sea. If you have to say it, they come. But yet you are free and enjoying life. Recognize your pastors. Recognize them. Number four, what do you do? Okay, for the scripture of recognizing them, First Thessalonians chapter five verse twelve. Number four, what do you do? Honor your pastors by loving them. Guy, we also need love too. We need it. We need to hear you, pastor. We like you. <laughs> I know you like telling us, oh boy, but we like you. And say it from your heart. Because why? The moment you do this, you participate in the blessing that is in that life of your prophet. You grossly participate. One of the things in which we see when Jesus was talking 
about giving to your prophet. We can see that in the book of Luke chapter 8 from verse 1 to verse 3. Luke 8, 1 to verse 3. The Bible says there, I'm going to read from verse 2. Luke 8, 1 to 3. You see that even Jesus received. People bless Jesus. So, so don't think he doesn't. <laughs> oh my, that's how we labor in doctrines for you. Luke chapter 8, verse 2. Let's see. He says, and a certain woman which had been healed of the evil spirit of infirmities, Mary Magdalene was her name. He said, out of whom even seven devils came out from. The Bible says, and Jonah, the wife of Shusa, Herod, Stewart, and Susanna, and many others. He says, which ministered their substance unto Jesus. They ministered their substance unto Jesus. They gave it to Jesus. They were partnering with Jesus. And many others. My dear, benefit from your prophets. Quickly, let me try and see if I can do this point number four quickly so that I know I finish this thing. I may not be able to give the blessings and stuff. The benefit of it, but I believe that you're going to be blessed today. Point number four, quickly, is giving to the poor. Giving to the poor. My dear, you see the poor around you. Let me tell you one important thing giving to the poor does in your life. It insists that your life do not go down. Literally. Giving to the poor insists that your life do not go down. When you find somebody that you have privilege over and you give to the poor insisting that your life do not go down. Write this three scripture down quickly. Proverbs 28, 27. Proverbs 28, 27. Psalm 41, verse 1. Proverbs 19, verse 17. Proverbs 28, 27. It says, he who giveth to the poor will not lack. It says, but he whose hide his eyes from all this poor, it says, many cause abound with them. It says in Psalm 41, verse 1. He said, blessed is he that considereth the poor. Blessed is the person that considereth the poor. He said, for the Lord will deliver him in the days of trouble. When you are about to go down, you're giving to the poor, he insists you come back up. Literally, it insists you come back up. And it says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. He said, he who had pity on the poor, he says, lend to the Lord and he will pay him back. When you give to the poor, you borrow God. It's like giving God 1,000 rand. Because God trusted that this person can have clothes to wear, can do this. So you're giving to the poor. Insist that you do not go down. As we begin to bring my thought to a close, when we want to talk about this very particular giving, what are the four things that for me that I know that compare with all that I said to you? Number one, do not joke with kingdom investment. Do not joke with it. Every forms of kingdom investment, participate. Number two, your prophetic seed. Ah, you can make your way by honoring the prophet. And watch the woman who was a widow, who had no child, but her encounter with the prophet changed everything for her. You can also end a situation by seed faith. You can also be able to stay with your heavens open with ideas, illuminations, and devour far from you by your titan. And you're giving to the poor, insisting that you do not go down. With that being said, this very particular moment, there are four things, or probably seven things, that platforms. I want to say that quickly with this very particular booklet we have. This is a tight booklet, or probably it's called a kingdom investment booklet. I know my daughter is down there and she's wondering, she's trying to see it. This is it. <laughs> kingdom investment booklet we have. On this kingdom investment, there are about seven things that platforms start for when it comes to a giving. That's why, for instance, we advise you people to give via SnapScan because it will show you all those very particular places. When you give, you give directly. But if not so, when you want to give, give it with. with. That's why you notice many of you, I think all of you, I've never given anybody my private account. I have a reason why. Because I don't want you to now think that I'm putting burden on you. There are seven ways we give in this church. Number one, we give God our tithe. 
We give our offerings. We give to prophetic seed. We also give to platform cares, which is ability for us to help the poor. We give in case if there are speakers for you to connect to the speaker. We give to a building project, like how Moses called for the building. And there is a seventh one that we give, which is called our yearly sacrifice. We all do this. The reason why God insists, I'll talk about this later on, but definitely I'll see how this next month is going to go so that I put emphasis on it. Today I'm just trying to push because I literally have two minutes for me to insist. Now, you notice that there are four basic needs of man. The same thing also, there are four basic needs in the realm of the, in the, realm of the spirit. The four basic needs of man is food, shelter, clothing, and security. So the same thing also, the four basic needs of man in the spiritual realm, sorry. Your food guarantees your tithing. Your kingdom investment guarantees the water you drink. Your prophetic seed guarantees the care, care that you receive and you're giving to the poor. It's a protection plan. And like I said to you, as I bring my thought to a close right now, the sign of the cross, let me give you that very particular symbol. The up there represent the tithe, which opens the windows of heaven for you. The right hand is your offerings. The Bible says if you bring your seed, it said he will bless the work of your hand. The left hand is your prophetic seed that insists that as far as grace is concerned, you do not lack it at every place you go to. And the feet, which is the tail of the cross, is you insisting that you do not go down. I will stop here because there are three channels in which God answers us. I will not be able to do it because I have one minute to go. With that being said, wherever you are, I want you to open your mouth and begin to say, Lord, I've listened to your word this morning. Help my unbelief. If you know you struggle in any of this place, we're still going to put emphasis later on on this. But if you know you struggle in any area, Lord, I call for your help. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. For those of you struggling in giving tithe, Lord, help me. Those of you struggling in giving your offerings, kingdom investment, you come to church and you just rock up like ESCOM and you do no shedding left, right, and center. Lord, this is me. I want to participate. I want to be marvelously helped when it comes to my finances. Remember I said it to you that it takes the spiritual wealth and abundance to, re to release money from the, from the realm of the spirit. The spiritual law of wealth and abundance releases money, but it takes the physical law to make that money grow. Lord, I want this wealth to show up in my life. Lord, help me to adjust my life for me to be able to live to the fullness, to gain ground in the mastering of all that God has called me for. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Somebody open your mouth and begin to pray that. Lord, the part in which I'm not doing now, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me for me to be able to live that consciousness that all of this, the ability for me to be a cheerful giver, where I don't just give out of, out of compulsive. This man is going to talk about offering again. I look forward as, you, as, the month, as the week is coming to an end. You know that it's Thursday. You've already prepared your offering. You know that it's Sunday. Right? Lord, give me that grace. Discipline me. Empower my enlightenment for me to know what to do at every point in time. Lord, I want to be marvelously helped in my finances, marvelously helped to be prosperous and for my heaven to remain open. Lord, imbibe in me the discipline for me to stay put. The discipline for me to stay put. Father, Lord, this morning we thank you. As touches the matters of this very particular kingdom seed in her, or the seeded economy. Lord, I pray today that everyone that is struggling in any way of their life, uh, 
Lord, I ask that as this message is coming to an end, Father, open their eyes of understanding to receive of this truth in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone this day that whatever devil that has attacked your finance in any place, either via the tithe or via your kingdom investment or via your prophetic seed or via giving to the poor and the enemy has found an edge to attack you, I pray for you today that as you engage in all of these mysteries, everything will come together for you in the name of Jesus. I pray for you from today onward that as you touch anything concerning your finance, it will make profit like never before. You will see your finance grow. For those of you who desire to be promoted, as you choose to come to end the place of lack of promotion by a seed faith, I declare upon your life that with the grace of three that I carry, that in three days or 21 days, you will experience leap and you experience promotion in the name of Jesus. Father Lord, I thank you. To you we give all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.